Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek Season 1 Episode 3, it's called Where No Man Has Gone Before, full spoilers for the episode. It's, it's funny actually, first of all, we this is earlier than we said we'd be in the last episode, we said you'd have to wait longer for the next one, but we realised that we didn't have a lot of content going up this weekend so we thought, ah, do an extra Star Trek, why not? Basically, we got impatient and bored, so Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek, yeah. And I think this was the first one produced after the unaired pilot. Yeah, this was actually a second pilot yeah. that, they, that they submitted to, to the network. The reason why I think that's important to mention is, one, there's no McCoy. Yep. And I feel like that's just because they hadn't cast him yet. Uh, interestingly, there is Scotty, who wasn't in the last two. Yeah, yeah, this is his first appearance for us in viewing order which is weird because obviously i mean obviously sticks around because he's scotty but it's weird yeah. that he wasn't in the first two now and it, it kind of feels like they didn't cast him till this point but that's not true because he was already yeah yeah this there's a few shot. inconsistencies in this episode which comes from obviously being shot so much before yeah there's, an, there's another color of shirt which is like a sort of more muted yellow which I don't yeah think... and obviously you have spark in the the command yellow yeah, Instead that of was being weird. in his blue, and... yeah, I was, I was noticing that. That was a bit. Weird. Yeah, there's a few. Uh, there's, there's a bit with the, the tombstone, hmm. where it actually says James R. Kirk. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. that. Oh, that's, uh, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Spock talking about his, his heritage, which has obviously been changed later down the line. Yeah, because it's just it's his mother directly who was. Mo- yeah, uh, yeah, but he says, yeah. "Oh, like ancestors somewhere down the line." Uh, okay, that's another little retcon. Aye, uh, there's yeah. a few here and there in this. That said, this is, I think this is really, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't mentioned at all in the last two, but this really feels like it was the first time where they really brought in the, the Vulcans don't have feelings sort of idea. Yeah, I think it was it was mentioned in the very first one by Uhura, but this is the first time it's been a big, yeah, bigger yeah. part of it. Yeah, I also like they explained it in that one, though, like in, in the Man Trap. It was just kind of... Well, I think that's, this is why they didn't air this as the, pilot right because there is a lot of exposition of things like that that they thought you know let, let's let not give them all this at once let's give them something a bit lighter and more fun to start with the OCD in me says that's wrong but well I'll, I'll, I see your reasoning I see your logic that, that, that's I think their logic was I don't agree with it either I'd have still just aired it but they were being too much of a spock they, they needed to they needed to logic the situation yeah yeah. Um, so what is this? Uh, well, the reason why I think it's interesting is the other point that I'd say it's important to say this is the sort of the new pilot was because the title where no man has gone before that's a very big important phrase in Star Trek. It's kind of it's part of the the opening mantra that Kirk yeah. always uh, says. Uh, of course, it was changed to no one has gone before to be more inclusive, and that's fine. Uh, that sounds better anyway. But watching this episode. It obviously makes sense knowing that it's the new pilot that they called it that, but ha- thinking of this with as not being the pilot, like why was it? Why was this one given that name? It doesn't feel important enough to have that name. And, and no, I mean you have the moment where they they leave the galaxy, which kind of feels like that could have been a big moment. It's kind of not though in the grand scheme of it's the episode. It's not. No, I yeah. agree. That's what I mean. Like when you get to it, it feels like it could be. Yeah. But as you watch on, it, it becomes less important. 
Yeah, it's not really about that. So the plot of this one is that the ship comes across a sort of, uh, I call it a black box, I can't remember the exact phrase they use for it, uh, from a ship that apparently went went missing 200 years ago, the SS Valiant. And they discover that there was, whatever's happened to it, there's some weird things about the information they get about the captain destroyed, you know, ordered the destruction of his own ship and so on. And they want to probe because they want to find out what happened so that, you know, people who encounter this know what they're getting into. So they, they go out to where this came from, uh, mm. which is uncharted space. And they end up in, I'll call it a force field, a big sort of colour. Purple space cloud. Purple space cloud, yeah, sure. Uh, I guess we'll call it that. And it affects two members of the crew. And this is part of the reason why I think maybe this should have aired first, because... One of these characters, uh, Gary Mitchell, uh, Lieutenant Commander, he's supposed to be Kirk's best friend, and he wasn't yeah. in the last two episodes. So that's maybe one of the things that would have helped had this aired first. I agree. And he gets affected, as does the ship psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Denner. And they both get this spark shock to them. They, they eventually get through the, the force field. It messes with the ship's engines. The ship's kind of damaged. They need to repair it. But the main plot of it is, is that Mitchell gets ESP powers. Like the idea is that he already had like a high ESP rating. Yeah, like a tolerance to it, maybe? Yeah, or maybe it's a natural... He Affinity. Was, he has more metachlorines in his system, basically, is the gist of... Pretty much. What it, what it is. Uh, I, I hate to uh, approve of that, but yeah, pretty much. It's the quickest way of saying it, let's be honest. <laughs> it is. And... He he has these chrome eyes. They put in these contacts where he's got these chrome eyes, and he slowly gains more power. Like he, at first he can just move needles on the reading, you know, on the, on the med- medical systems, and then he can make cl- cups float towards him, and then he can do other things, and yeah. he can start reading minds, and it just it keeps snowballing. And the big thing of the episode is that they realize what's happening to him, and Spock and Kirk have this debate, and a lot of like Spock's not having emotions sort of play into this, where he's like, no, logically this guy's going to keep getting more powerful. We have to kill him, otherwise he's going to become a god, and we're going to be ants to him, and he's going to crush everyone. Yeah, I believe the uh, the analogy he says is, it'll be like if we were on a ship with white, full of white mice. Yeah, and then the the plans get formed, and we get to the, the end, in which we'll get to. But that, that's the the plot yeah. of this one. Uh, did you enjoy this episode, Connor? I did quite largely. I, I I quite enjoy it as well. I think. I think for me, one of the big things I love about Star Trek, which I don't think is necessarily something that lots of other people love about Star Trek, some of my favourite stuff in Star Trek, and the first chunk of the episode is very much this, is when they're on the ship and there's something weird out in front of them in space. I agree, and it's actually the first half of the episode that I prefer a lot more. Yeah, it's the mystery of the unknown of what's in front of them and them dealing with this weird vortex purple cloud yeah. i think once it gets to the actual oh he's a god now yeah it's it's not bad it's still fine but it's it's, it's less yeah, it's interesting definitely I, I mean i think the obviously it introduces a lot of sparks you know vulcan not non-feeling as we, we mentioned and that's important for the show it's a big feature of the show and it gives us that nice moment at the end when spock even admits that he felt some emotion for hmm sort of the tragedy that just happened. And he's like, there's hope for you yet, Mr. Spock. You know, it gives it a nice little ending, but I, I, obviously the, the core debate here is, you know, and maybe the core message of the episode of Star Trek, maybe it doesn't always have a message, but I think it usually does. I think here it's maybe that, 
you know, one person shouldn't have too much power. You know, you kill yeah, rich with power. power. Corrupts. And it's it's a very on the level, you know, very on the nose message. It's, there's not not much depth to it. It's very clear and at the forefront. Yeah, it, it's also pushing the uh, the need for compassion. Obviously, it works through both the the god not caring, but also we get that through Spock as well. And I think it plays nicely with both of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we get a lot of fun, goofy effects of. Uh, I, I think when they both get shocked at the start from the you know the energy of this force field, they do a, they 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 invert the colors of the image for like a split second. Yeah, and they go all all the negatives. All the neg- yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. But if you ever see, if you ever went into Photoshop and flipped the colors, you'll know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. It's got that sort of almost uh, X-ray look to it. Yeah, and uh, so he's, there's some glimpses of that. There's a lot of uh, stuff floating and things. Well, one of the things that was cracking me up throughout this episode, actually, is I kept thinking, man, they've just added little bits to this ship for to show off his powers. Like, at one point he says, I'm thirsty, and he, he floats the cup over, and there's this random tap in the wall. There's, there's yeah. not even a sink underneath it. It's just like, I guess it's for drinking, but I, all I can imagine is, is the script said he wanted a drink, and the, the set designers went, it's just knocking it, let's put a tap in there, that'll do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what it feels like. But nothing wrong with it necessarily. But uh, that's what mm-hmm. it feels like. Um, so yeah, yeah. As the plot episode goes along, they they have this plan to go down to this this planet that uh, has no life on it, but it's rich in minerals. So there's like an Earth station sort of mining the the planet. It's all automated. But they, they've got a plan to a go down and use the materials down there and stuff from this station to repair the ship. And Spock also wants to strand uh, Mitchell there. Yeah. And they go down. I guess I actually really love the map painting uh, at the entrance of this place because obviously the little entrance is it's an actual set. And there's this big map painting of like all this like machinery going back for like yeah. miles. And yeah, it's obviously a map painting, but I actually think it's a really pretty map painting. I, I feel like map paintings are a lost art, aren't they? They kind of are. I really like this one. It it's like yeah, it's obviously fake, but it's it's doing enough for my imagination. Like I'm getting it. It's yeah, it's I look to it. Whereas some of the other ones later on, when it's just you know when Mitchell creates the little because it, it gets so powerful that he basically just creates water and like plant life at one point. Mm-hmm. And th- that area, the map painting was just more rocks and mountains, and I'm like, yeah, it looks like this. It's kind of generic map painting, but it, it feels like standard Star Trek map painting number three. <laughs> I also, I mean, I'm sure they did this, but it does it does feel like they took like one from last week and just like painted over it. <laughs> Like change the colours a bit. Oh, I'm sure they reuse them a lot. I yeah. mean, they're expensive to make, surely. I and imagine then, so. Yeah. Why, why only use it once? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they had filters for them to change the colours because there some different planets on Star Trek would have this one's more yeah. pinky looking, this one's more green looking, and that's true. I mean, how hard would that be? Just even on on a camera level, just to. It depends if there's people standing in front of it. Oh yeah, I suppose. Which is why I'm thinking maybe they'd have like a, just a transparent filter that would go over yeah, the whole thing, yeah. just so they can choose it. Because that way they wouldn't even have to repaint anything. They would just just give it a little tint. Yeah, just a little tint to change the color of the sky. Ah, uh, makes sense. Oh. That said, maybe there was just a team of people painting, painting these like constantly like, every week. It's like, oh man, we've got five more to paint hey, this week. Steady income. <laughs> yeah. Poop. Those poor guys aren't not. I mean, they're probably all dead at this point. To be honest, but like those poor guys just went out of work because we got into the CG. <laughs> no one wants Matt Paytons anymore. Nah, it's a, it's a shame for them. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, so they go out to the planet and they have Mitchell locked up. And we, we hear, like, there's bits throughout of uh, him and Kirk talking about their past and how they were in uh, the academy together and all that. And again, I feel like, I can't say for sure because I don't remember it well enough right now until we see more of this, but I feel like some of this might even be kind of retconned later. Well, yeah, did, didn't this one imply that Kirk was a teacher? I didn't get a teacher. It, it said uh, he was a... He was like a bookworm. He mentioned like always having a stack of books and stuff, which isn't... Uh, yeah, it was just the way he said, oh, I'm sure he said, watch out for Kirk's class or something. You'll always be thinking. Uh, maybe you're right. Uh, maybe he didn't play that. Which I, I don't know. That, that was kind of the implication I got, but I don't remember that being a part of his I, character in general. No, I don't think so either. I, I, if that's what they were implying, I'm pretty sure that's retconned or just forgotten about. I mean, like I said, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff in this retconned, including his name. So yeah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> True. Uh, by the way, I love Smock Kirk at the start because Kirk and Spock are playing the the 3D chess. Yeah. And I love uh, just how like, he's, he's like, haha, you think you're going to win, Mr. Spock. It's over in two moves, we'll see about that. And then he pulls off a move and wins. And he's like, you sure you don't know about irritation, Mr. Spock? And he's like, <laughs> you played most illogical. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just that look of confusion that he has, yeah. almost. It's like, huh, what just happened? Yeah, I used to think outside the box a little bit more, I think. Um, uh, do you know what? Actually, one of the good effects of this being third instead of the first one, though, is that that 3D chess was in Charlie X, and it was just kind of in the background, and it was brought up for a scene, but it wasn't overly explained. So having... Like, this feels like the introduction to this 3D chess. Well, you say that, but didn't in Charlie X we had Spock telling Charlie X, like Charlie about, like, oh, you start here and they move this way? and Oh, you're right, he did do that. Well, before that scene, though, in Charlie X, there was a scene where they were just in the room. Was. And it was in the background. That's what I was thinking of. You're right. There was a scene where he explained it more. Yeah. Okay. Scratch that last uh, comment from the record. That said, just to to argue against myself, Charlie does interrupt him and go, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, let's play. So I guess this goes a little bit further into it. Hmm. So it does feel like an expansion upon the Charlie yeah. X one. But anyway, so they're down the planet, and uh, Mitchell goes proper backshit crazy. He uh, strangles, uh, what's his name, uh, Lieutenant Kelso, uh, with some of the cables. And Kirk, Kirk's taking this all very seriously. He's like, yeah, self-destruct button. If I, if nothing happens, you know, press this button, and then when that goes away as an option, he's like, yeah, get to the nearest Earth station and ray beam this entire planet. Nuke it from yeah. orbit, basically, is the, the phrase to quote another movie. And... Uh, we go out and we have this fantastic fight sequence, and I say fantastic with a little bit of sarcasm in my voice, where he's fighting Mitchell. Basically, he talks, because at this point, uh, Elizabeth is at the point where she's also got the chrome eyes and she's been affected just like he is. She's becoming godlike. But Kirk manages to convince her as a psychiatrist the the dangers of this you know godlike yeah. uh, arrogance and power and whatnot. And she weakens him enough that Kirk can actually physically take him enough because we always he fires him with the phaser blast and he doesn't even affect him and yeah it's a full rifle which i'm pretty sure i've never seen again probably it looked it did look goofy let's be honest it did yeah to be fair the small ones look goofy as well but they they refine them as they go along yeah and they're smaller so they don't stick in your face as much yeah but uh yeah they have a big fight and he he makes like a grave for him and there's these big rocks well they're going to fall down we know we know something's going on with them uh the fight's okay i think uh, I did laugh a couple of times though because, and I think this is maybe something as a result of it 
being originally designed for standard definition on like crappy 60s TVs, where every time it cut to a wide shot, they were using stunt doubles, and Kirk's stunt du- stunt double was like insanely obvious. It was. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You could get away with it more back then. Yeah, because they knew that the the crappy image would cover it up. But on HD, you know, we're watching it in 1080p now. It's like that's not that's not Shatner. What? Yeah, it's not yeah. even trying to. Because sometimes you notice like stunt doubles, but it's like a quick shot where they're moving quickly past, and it's like yeah, it's fine. But I get why they're getting away with it there. Why they're at least thinking that's okay. But this was like no, I can clearly see. This is like I can see his full face. This is yeah, yeah. This is this is silly. Not quite as bad as Arrow season four, but silly. Oh no, that was actually some of the worst stump double I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, but so that that criticism aside, uh, the, the fight's not bad. It has a cool ending to it actually when he blasts the rocks and they all fall on top of him. Yeah, and I also like to think that him, like the the fight between him and a god is essentially what sold it as, a, as instead of all the the mystery stuff to the network. I imagine it's like, oh yeah, action. This is what <laughs> we want. Which is funny because the action stuff's the stuff that dates more for us. Yes, it is like the, the the goofiest part of the show. Because even today we talk about how TV can't do the same action as a movie. I mean, that's kind of changing a little bit now with things like Westworld and so on. But you know, you, often we think that TV is always a step below what movies can do. Yeah. And the idea that a TV show from the sixties is doing action is you know yeah, obviously going to be a lot rougher and. The idea that the network back then, like, no, no, action. We want, we want action. Yeah, we want punching yeah. things. I, I just, I have to think that's what the execs were going with. Not, oh, there's this space mystery. What's going on here? Which is obviously the stuff we're excited by now. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and the, the morals and the messages and the other stuff yeah. within. Uh, but no, I, I, I that's, that's, that's a fine episode. It, again, I don't think we're at the, the peak Star Trek episodes yet, but this was another solid one. No, I, I think I enjoyed this one a lot. Uh, probably more than the last one, if I'm honest. Yeah, I probably enjoyed this one the most out of the, the three we've watched so far. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, lots of smug Kirk. Uh, good space stuff at the start. Well, there's more good stuff to come in that, that front, obviously. But I believe the next one actually has quite a lot of that sort of thing, if I'm remembering correctly. But we'll find out. Uh, let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below like and subscribe and all that stuff it helps us out a lot and uh, yeah we will be back soon soon it won't be a full week it'll be uh, four or five days because we this is an extra one that we, we snuck in that's why I said soon I couldn't be bothered to actually think and work it out <laughs> I'll work it out it's fine it's fine uh, but yeah we'll be back with the next one which I we're at the point now where I'm not going to remember what the next one was uh, Naked Time the Naked Time. There you go. The Naked Time's next. Looking forward to it. So thanks very much for watching, guys. Uh, remember and check out, we're doing Twin Peaks as well, as on Already Cancelled. Uh, episode 3 of that will also be going up uh, earlier than expected because, again, weekend's actually quite quiet, so we're getting a couple of extra things done. But uh, So check that out. And, uh, yeah, and also, the new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery, is probably delayed until later in the year. Uh, it was meant to come on in May, but it's looking like it'll probably be end of summer now. We might get a bit more of this done instead. We might even somehow get through all the original series by then if we if we really mean, if we really fire into it during the summer. We'd really have to knuckle down in the summer. 
We could. I think it's possible. I think that'd be quite a feat if we can finish the original series before I mean, this new show. There was no chance. Do you know what? Do you know what? It's going to get delayed again. So yeah, we can do it. <laughs> that, that, that's pessimistic. I, when it was starting in May, no chance. But if it's like another three months after that, oh, we uh, could. I mean, hey, th- at one point this was starting in January. So. <laughs> True. True. And yeah, hit, we're, hit, we're, your, we're, hit, hit your mic to make a point get across even aye, stronger. Aye, aye. Well, uh, it was closer than I thought. <laughs> That's the episode of your Star Trek, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.